Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You can now support Ghost Maps on Patreon. Simply look for We Are Huntu or click the link in the description. Ghost Maps. Entry 76. Katib. Singapore. Edmund has lived in Khatib all his life. And yes, I've heard all the rumours about my neighbourhood, he says, with an easy laugh. I smirk as he tells me how his friends jokingly give him grief about the area. Khatib and nearby Ishun are commonly known as epicentres of weirdness in Singapore. But come on, he says, gesturing to me over his piping hot cup of Tealia at this coffee shop in Angmokyo. You, of all people, can't tell me that these places are any more weird than the rest of Singapore. My smirk turns into what I hope looks like an agreeable smile. I raise an eyebrow, then sip on my own kopi. He laughs and claps his hands excitedly. I knew it! He shouts, getting the attention of other nearby patrons. He sheepishly dials down his enthusiasm, however, when he tells me that his story takes place in his neighbourhood. I take this as my cue turn on my recorder and ask him to start from the beginning. The beginning for Edmund's story is mired in tragedy. A tragedy that happened even before Edmund was born. Back in the late 90s, a traffic collision in Khatib along Sambawang Road resulted in the death of a man and his six-year-old daughter. Stories about the accident swirled around the neighbourhood long after the incident itself, of course. Edmund first heard about it when he was ten at a sleepover with a couple of friends. One of those friends, Michael, told the other kids that late at night, if you were really unlucky, you would see the ill-fated driver wandering around the neighborhood in bloodied clothes. I still remember my dad's exact response when I asked him about the ghost. Don't be stupid, cannot, Edmund says with another laugh. He notes however, that his father would then very quickly change the topic before Edmund could ask about the details of the tragedy itself. Edmund didn't really think about the incident for years after. Not 
unconsciously anyway. But it always remained in the back of his mind. A dark piece of history from his neighborhood. A few years ago, however, he found himself in a situation where that accident suddenly hit a little too close to home. Edmund was a delivery rider in 2020. He knew how lucky he was to still have a source of income, even in those unprecedented times. Despite the risk to his health, though, he actually found this time oddly peaceful. You'd see so few people around, he says, his expression one of disbelief. I never want to go through that again, of course, but those quiet moments were like nothing I'd ever experienced. Every night, he would slowly ride his motorbike back home from wherever his last delivery would be. Most nights, he'd be done at around 9 or 10 p.m. On one particular Wednesday, though, he found himself incredibly busy. Orders kept coming in, and as swamped as he was, Edmund felt like he needed to take as many of them as he could. Part of me was thinking about how stressful it must have been for people just trying to get their meals, in a time when things were already so stressful to begin with, he says. I hope that I helped alleviate the difficulties, even just a little bit. With a shrug, he adds, Plus, when you have that kind of work and in that kind of environment, you do what you can to make sure you have enough money. Edmund's last order for the night came in at 11pm, which meant that he only made it back to the Katib area around midnight. Edmund's flat was near Chongpang Market. More often than not, he'd have to take Sembawang Road to get home. Most nights, it was just a stretch of road, no different from any other. But on this night though, he says, trailing off for a moment, Edmund shakes his head, regains his composure, and tells me how it seemed eerily quiet. Almost like it wasn't just silent, but that the sound was sucked out of the air. Edmund wasn't conscious of passing by the site where the accident had happened more than 20 years prior. Like I said, just another road, he tells me. But he was aware that it suddenly grew colder. Not the wind of riding down a road at night at around 60 kilometers per hour, but, but something biting, piercing. Edmund swears the road was empty, but suddenly, a little girl just appeared on the road in front of him. And when he thinks back to that night, Sometimes he wonders if the cold distracted him for a second longer than he thought. 
enough time for a kid to appear out of nowhere. He tries to reason. But he knows that that can't be true. I'd been in accidents before, Edmund says. I think that's made me a more careful rider, honestly. He chalks it up to that caution that enabled him to not only suddenly maneuver his bike away from the girl, but to safely come to a stop. He says that he didn't want to stop, though. Edmund was filled with an almost heightened sense of dread. Something inside him that not only told him to keep riding, but to ride even faster, to get away from that little girl. But Edmund fought those instincts. If anything, I thought she needed my help, he says. I mean, it was past midnight in a particularly uncertain year. He got off his bike and made his way towards the girl, who was now about 10 meters behind him. Her back was to him, and she seemed to be wandering around, almost like she was looking for something. From where Edmund was, he could tell she was saying something, just under her breath, but he couldn't hear what it was. Hello, Nemi? He called out to her, with the Mandarin term for little sister, hoping to comfort the child. She couldn't have been more than six. As he approached her, however, he thought he could make out what she was saying. Have you seen my shoe? Edmund, confused and terrified, looked down to see that the little girl was indeed missing her left shoe. And that's when she turned around. I only got a quick glance at her face when I swerved out of the way, he tells me, his voice going quiet. But I I got a good look at her face in that moment. The little girl stretched out her arms as she walked towards him. Have you seen my shoe? Her voice was unnervingly calm as she repeated her mantra. Have you seen my shoe? She wasn't wearing a mask, and her smile on any other child would have seemed innocent. Not on her, though. Because her eyes were bleeding. The blood streaked down her face. 
Have you seen my shoe? The question now made Edmund dizzy. He knew she was speaking at a normal volume, but it seemed so loud. Before the child's hands could grasp his, though, he turned and ran clumsily towards his bike. He was in no condition to ride, but what other choice did he have? As he kicked its stand back up, he turned to see how far away the child was. But just as suddenly as she had appeared, she was gone. The dizziness lingered, but Edmund was determined not to stay out in the open any longer. He got onto his bike, steadied himself, and rode the last stretch back to his flat. I couldn't find any photos online of the girl who died. I could barely even find any articles about the accident, Edmund tells me. So I couldn't know for sure that it was her I saw. But at the same time, something inside me told me that it definitely was. He did ask around for more details about the accident though. Most of the older residents in his neighborhood couldn't tell him anything new. One old woman, however, did have a small detail that might have seemed inconsequential to anyone else, but it just confirmed Edmund's suspicion. After the ambulance had taken the little girl and her father away, there were only a few things left at the scene. The wrecks of the two vehicles that collided, shards of glass and pieces of twisted metal strewn all over the road, pools of blood, and the little girl's left shoe. I never saw her again, Edmund tells me, his voice returning to a normal volume. But then again, he adds, it's not like he's ever returned home that late since then. He tells me that he doesn't even go partying anymore, which only encourages his friends to give him more good-natured grief. Most of them don't know about this incident, he tells me. So they'll make jokes like, Why can't I go home late? Scared to see a ghost in Khatib. And, yeah. Yeah, I am. If you want to discover more of Southeast Asia's other side, subscribe now and follow us on social media. You can also be one of our supporters on Patreon. Look for We Are Hantu 
or click the links in the description. Ghost Maps is a Hantu production. Created by Kyle Ong and Wayne Ray. With art direction by Jolene Lim. And recorded on Audio-Technica mics. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.